Hey, just before this episode starts, I want to let you know this is actually part one of a two-part episode because the episode was like three hours long and I didn't want to upload like a three-hour long episode because that seems like it would be just intimidating for viewers. Um, So we're going to keep it really tight and just do this first part. This is going to be purely Marvel, uh, Disney, and new release related. And part two will be all about the Planet of the Apes series, a series I've watched recently, some recommendations, and then some user-submitted questions. So I hope you understand. Thank you. Uh, Enjoy the episode. Hey, how's it going? And welcome to 23.976. This is a show where we talk about films and other storytelling mediums and how they make us feel. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about some Marvel stuff. We're going to be talking about some Planet of the Apes stuff. Uh, And we've also got some other little bits and recommendations and also some questions that are coming in from some viewers and stuff. But first off, um, this is my first episode as an ex-film student. Um, I finally finished all of my degree which is fun. So now every opinion I say is um, held to a very high standard. I can say, hey, dude, I'm a film graduate. Dude, I've got this. I don't graduate till September, but I have to say I've got my my early qualifications as a film expert. I don't learn anything new from now until September. So basically, dude, I'm so qualified. This is This is officially the best show ever. How many shows have you listened to that have been hosted by a film graduate? This is crazy. Uh, so today, I want to start off talking about some trailers that I've seen recently. This is this is something I, I, I didn't really think I'd want to talk about, but there's some trailers I've seen over the past, you know, couple weeks. And um, I mean, there's one from months ago that I saw that I do want to mention because it's a film that I'm sort of interested in and I, I've not seen anyone talk about it. Um, first one, I, I went to the theaters recently uh, to see Black Widow. Um, and a trailer shows up for a film called Snake Eyes. Dude, I don't fucking care about G.I. Joe. Uh, it looks kind of stupid, but like kind of in the best way possible. Like it looks like, I don't know. I, I have a low key feeling that it's probably going to be bad, but I feel like I'm going to like it. So I don't know, Snake Eyes. I know nothing about it. Do I care? Probably not, but maybe I'll check it out. Who knows? Um, a recent one was Turning Red. It's like a film about someone who gets stressed and turns into a big red panda. Like, hey, there's a film about anything for everyone. If, if you relate to that, dude, this film's for you. We've also got Annette. Um, this is one. This is the one that I saw a long time ago. This is some weird indie... F- I, don't, I don't even know if it's an indie film. I don't know who's producing this film. But anyway, it's got Adam Driver in it, and it looks so fucking weird. I have no idea what it's about. I saw one trailer and I was like, I'm sold. This looks weird. I'm, I'm in. Um, yeah, it looks like some v- very theatrical, very weird, s- like psychedelic sort of film. Um, and I'm keen. I'm keen to see it. Um, check out the Annette trailer. I, I have not seen anyone talk about this trailer. And I think it looks really cool. F9. I don't even remember. I, wait, no, I, re- I remember because F9's out. The, the new Fast and Furious movie. I've not seen a single Fast and Furious movie and I want to do it soon. Um, I've been going through series that I've wanted to watch for a long time that, no, never, never, that, that I never got around to. Uh, I recently watched... Um, well, this was like about a month or a couple months ago. Um, I recently watched through all of the Mission Impossible films in like the course of a week. That was my like, like Tom Cruise-a-palooza. Um, 
and those were fantastic. I, I just didn't realize how good they were. The last one specifically is 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 brilliant. Um, but I had the sort of same mindset about Mission Impossible from an outsider perspective that I have on Fast and Furious. I was like, these are just dumb action movies. I don't give a shit about them. Then I watched them. I was like, these are great. Um, so I don't know if F9 is going to be the, the Fast and Furious series is going to be the same scenario where I feel like they're going to be stupid as fuck. And then I'm going to watch them and I'm going to be like, wow, these are actually really good. Or I'm going to be like, oh, these are stupid as fuck. I feel like they're going to be stupid as fuck. Yeah, it looks stupid and ridiculous, actually. Yeah, the, the trailer makes it look ridiculous, and I've heard that it's ridiculous. I don't know if that's, that's like, surprising to people because, like, I look at those trailers, I'm like, they, they look ridiculous. What do you expect? <laughs> um, I think I remember the last one, like, the Fate of the Furious. Didn't they have, like, a like a car that attaches to, like a like, a rope and swings, like, across, like, cliff faces? That was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. Anyway, Deadpool reaction video, guys. There was a Deadpool reaction video. Deadpool himself, the, the the actual Deadpool, uploaded a reaction to the official 20th Century Fox, or is it 20? Is it Fox Studios? 20th Century? What is it? I don't know. 20th Century Studios. Something like that. Now, it's not Fox. It's 20th Century Studios. 20th Century Studios officially drops a Deadpool reaction to the Free Guy trailer. And in my notes, I've got it noted down as the Deadpool reaction. Nothing to do with Free Guy because, like, I feel like this is the the, the one thing that people are going to take away from this is not like no one's gonna no one gives a shit about Free Guy, but people are like, oh my god, Deadpool and Korg from Thor Ragnarok. Actually, he was in he was in Endgame too. He plays Fortnite in, in Endgame. So never mind so the the Fortnite pro Korg and Deadpool. Deadpool is probably crack at Fortnite as well. Um, yeah, the, the, my takeaway from this is that I don't care about Free Guy and I kind of don't like Deadpool still. I like Korg though, he's cool. Um, but I find it really interesting that um, like a month ago, Bo Burnham drops Inside and in that he both critiques Deadpool, the character, as being a self-referential like studio like conglomerate, basically a representation of the studio being like, how we, <laughs> we're self-aware guys. Um, he did and how he, how he hates that, which I hate too. I think it's stupid. I, I don't really like that pool. Um, and in the same comedy special, he critiques, he uses the reaction video format to, to, to self critique. Um, at the same time, he's critiquing the reaction format as well. Cause he's, sort of the whole thing's critiquing on like so like social media personalities and 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 how we present ourselves online and and shit like that it made me depressed so i don't want to talk about it too much but um it's interesting that that they release the a deadpool reaction trailer oh, like a month after you know the the inside special it's almost like that was enough time for them to do all the visual effects for this to react to a, to a movie that no one's talking about, but everyone's talking about inside guys. Um, I, I think this is a marketing ploy. I think they literally heard Bo Burnham critiqued Deadpool, critiqued reaction videos and was like, we can, we can do something with this. Isn't there a movie that has Ryan Reynolds coming out? Oh, it also has what Taika Waititi. We could, we could, we could do a thing. Cause I, I think like, cause what, what they're doing is like, 
they're aware that people talk about this on like TikTok and shit and, and critique or like talk about, you know, Bo Burnham all the time. And they're like, what people are going to do is they're going to see this and they're going to be like, this is exactly what Bo Burnham critiqued and look at this. And then people are going to watch it critiquing it being like this is stupid this is fucking dumb like me and now you're aware that free guy is a movie that's coming out because everyone forgot about free guy i think it's a marketing ploy to get people to say this is stupid and then now people know that free guy exists because people think this is stupid um and then there's other people that think that's the funniest thing they've ever seen and then there's a reaction videos of people going like oh isn't this ironic i'm reacting to a reaction um yeah, it's it's a stupid marketing ploy for a for a movie that's probably not going to be good. Um, who knows? Actually, it might be great. You know, Romel's going to be funny. Taika Waititi's funny. I like him, and he's in it, and he's Korg, and that's funny. He's a big rock man. Green Knight. This is a movie I know nothing about, and I'm happy I don't because. I want to keep it that way. I've seen like one trailer. I was like, I don't understand what's going on, but I want to see it because it looks cool. Um, so I want to see Green Knight. It seems like no one knows what this is about, like from from sort of trailers and surface level stuff. I think they 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 released a little like um, featurette style trailer where they explained who these characters are and what what's the the importance of the Green Knight story, and that no one no one actually knows anything about it. It seems. Um, so Green Knight, it looks weird. I'd recommend maybe checking out the trailer for it, but not going too too you know overboard and watching every single clip of it, because I feel like it's one of those things you want to be surprised by. A lot of these do as well. That's the thing. That's the thing with Annette, Snake Eyes. I saw one trailer. I was like, you know what? This looks stupid. It's all I need to see. Let's watch this stupid movie. I hope it's coming out soon. I don't know. It looks fun. It looks like a fun like modern stupid kung fu movie anyway those are the those are the trailers that have come out sort of over the past couple months to to couple of weeks that i've seen that sort of made me go huh that's all right i don't really watch trailers anymore which is why this whole segment seems like it's kind of useless because i, I don't end up I, I, I watch trailers maybe when they first drop well, back in the day, like 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 three years ago, two years ago, I'd watch trailers over and over again. I overanalyzed them. And now I don't do that. I watch them once. I don't take in everything, but it makes me excited for it. And I'm like, oh, this is exciting. Unless it's something maybe I'm like specifically really keen on, or it's like it's like a series that I'm like a huge like fan for. But if it's just like a random Marvel movie, I haven't seen like a like a Black Widow trailer since like 2019 or whatever. Um, and I went into that not having seen any footage from the film except for like ads that pop up randomly on like social media and I'm, I'm glad I did because I feel like I'd be more disappointed in the film <laughs> if, if I'd like seen every single trailer um, yeah I don't really watch trailers anymore but like I, I see them when they pop up I see them when they're on my feed and I'm like let's just check this out let's see what this is like I'll watch it and just be sort of surface level with it and just kind of let it hit me and just don't let it consume me and, and make it so that like that's like all I'm thinking about when I'm watching movies because I've, I've been seeing recently and I'll talk about Loki a little bit later because that, that final episode came out like yesterday or two days ago um, and I heard people being like 
I'm surprised that this shot wasn't in the show. In the show, I wonder why they didn't use this shot in that was in the trailer, and they didn't use it. I was waiting for it the whole time, and it didn't show up once. It's like it's probably they just down the track. They just didn't use that shot. You know, <laughs> that's what happens when you you make stuff. You release the trailers when you're like very sort of like either in your early stages of post production or you're like halfway through. You're not you're not nearly done yet. And then at some point you'll be like, oh, we don't need this. We'll cut it out. Um, oh, we used it in the trailer. Oh, it's okay. It helped with the tone. We, we used it for that, whatever. Or sometimes they shoot things specifically for trailers, you know, to, to throw you off. Anyway, I've become less absorbed by trailers, which I feel like used to ruin movies for me. I used to be like, oh, well, this character obviously comes back because that, that one shot in the trailer hasn't happened yet. And then lo and behold, they come back and then the shot from the trailer happens. So, yeah. Anyway, let's talk about some movies. You are my sunshine, my own sunshine. So Luca came out recently, like a couple of weeks ago. And I usually don't really watch like like new like CG 3D animated films. I don't know why. I just kind of like don't watch them when they first come out. I haven't seen Soul yet. I was very late to um to like Frozen. I couldn't see that till like nine years after it came out. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't think I ever had a huge sort of appeal or draw to them. I understand like there's huge, massive talent behind them and they're, they're, a lot of them are wonderful. Um, but it took me some time uh, to watch Luca. Actually, I feel like I actually didn't note down that I saw Raya recently. I'll talk a bit, a bit about Raya, but I haven't got any notes about it. So I'll talk about it briefly as well. But, um, Luca, I found, I really enjoyed it. I I really liked Luca. It was very simple. It was very, very much, it was a fish out of water story. Ha <laughs> ha, that's funny. It was a story about being different, being on the outside and, and entering a world that has sort of a, 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 a prejudice, I can't say that word, <laughs> a, a prejudice, this is why you watch my podcast. Um, they have sort of a... Um, a built-up expectation of who you are and and hate you for for that reason. There you go. There's my long-winded attempt to explain prejudice. Prejudice. Why can't I say prejudice? They have a prejudice against you. There you go. I said it pretty well there. Um, and entering that world uh, where people look at you this way um, and having to coat yourself with a, a different version of yourself in order to, to survive in the society uh, and you're unable to express your, your true self. Um, otherwise, you'll be you have people with pitchforks and torches coming for you, like, metaphorically. Uh, sometimes literally, which is not fun. Um, <laughs> uh, and there's been many interpretations of this. Um, there's been, from what I've seen, a lot of queer interpretations of it, which, when I first saw it, I... 100% saw that. Um definitely saw that. I saw the connections to 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 coming out literally like out of out of the ocean for these sea monsters and the way that they're perceived as you, these these horrible creatures from from the general sort of public there and and the characters being fearful of the way they're going to be treated because of the way that they're perceived by others 
is so sort of negative and it's sort of hard for them to be accepted in society. Um, I, I, 100% I saw that, but it, it could be interpreted anyway. It's like, it could be race, it could be like a religious standpoint, I don't know. It could be, it could be cultural, it could be class. It can be interpreted in many ways. I think that, yeah, for me, I think the the queer interpretation was was pretty strong um, from from my experience with it. And when I saw people were also seeing that, I was like, okay, cool. This is this is good. I'm glad that I picked up on something without sort of having a um, um, you know, that being forced sort of upon me from interpretations from other people and then me going into it expecting those things. I just kind of watched it and I saw it and I was like, oh, I can see this. I can see it could be interpreted this way and it was. That being said, there's a lot of sort of discussion about it, um, about sort of interpretation versus the intent of the creator, um, which has been sort of um, a big debate, especially online. Twitter and, and, and TikTok are all about it, um, which is fun. It's very fun because um, because um, there's there's lots of obviously great you know <laughs> great discussion that doesn't involve people yelling and telling people no you're wrong uh, at all, which obviously I'm being sarcastic. So obviously the first interpretation we can we can get from this film again as I said is the is a queer interpretation. Everyone's talking about that, but there's a lot of people that are responding to that. And saying no, that's not how it, how I interpreted the film. Uh, I don't agree with that, and that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. You're allowed to interpret films in different ways. That's totally cool. Um, but then there's people saying that, like, if people say that, oh, personally, I didn't feel that. I didn't interpret it that way. I didn't connect to it in that way. Um, which is totally fine and valid. But then people respond to it being like. Hey, if you don't respond, to, if you don't feel this way, and obviously it's not, this isn't everyone, but people are saying, "Hey, if you don't interpret it as queer and not, and, and and any, if you interpret it as anything else other than queer, uh, you're you're homophobic. You're you're, you're like you're you're wrong for for feeling that way because that's that's so clear. These characters are queer coded, this and that, um, which I think is sort of obviously a problematic way to to discuss film because it's like it should be such like a communicative sort of discussion it should be like hey i interpret it this way oh i didn't catch that but i felt this way about it you know um and i guess there could be people rejecting the the queer interpretation and saying no don't interpret it that way it's not meant to be interpreted that way um this is what the intent of the author is um and obviously there's the death of the author, that whole shenanigans going on there because people have come out and said, um, you can't interpret it this way because the director and the writer, they've come out and said, uh, the film means this. Um, it doesn't mean this at all. It's not intended to be queer. It can be interpreted as just being different. And people say, ha, gotcha. You're wrong for interpreting it this way. It's like, but, you know... For most things, it's like the the film when a director or writer, sorry, when a director and writer comes out and says like a film means this, a film means that, a film doesn't mean this, and a film doesn't mean this. This is our intent for the film. If that isn't clear in the film, um, then it holds absolutely no weight. You know, 
so when we watch something like Luca and people, so many people are interpreting it as a queer coded film and interpreting it as a queer story, um, using the directors and writers as, as sort of your scapegoat to say, actually, no, it isn't this way. It sort of is a lost cause. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, I feel like interpretations of films are so much stronger than the intent because, you know, your intent sort of means nothing when, you know, that's not where people are reading from it and people are reading different things. Um, I feel like that was a tangent there for a second, but, but, um, at the same time, um, obviously the way they've described it, the, the directors and writers have said it's it's be, it's about being different, which obviously that story can be very easily placed in in a in a queer experience. So at the same time, like totally, it makes sense regardless. Um, but then there's people that come out and say that it's it's wrong to to force the two lead characters that are clearly younger children, like they're like 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, uh, into a romantic relationship because that seems to be the thing. It's not just that it's subtext for the film. It's not just that the the queer experience of being different and being an outcast and coming out into into a world where people are prejudiced. Prejudice, yeah, I can't say the word pre- prejudice against you. Um it's not just subtext. It's it's it has to be literal, and people are saying that that's wrong to to you know say that, say that these two lead characters are romantically involved, that they have a romantic relationship, um, which I sort of agree with. There, I think it, the film doesn't overtly put the characters in a romantic relationship at all. They're you know, some people have said that they're, you know, very touchy and, and put their arms around each other and they, you know, have a strong physical bond and they like, they seem to connect on a very sort of love, loving relationship. But I've also heard people say that this is how Italian boys act and the film is set in Italy and it's very culturally heavily uh, resonant with... Italian culture, <laughs> um, long-winded explanation. But anyway, um, so then that kind of throws maybe that interpretation under the under the dirt. But again, if that's lost in the in the intent of the creators and being interpreted in a different way, then does that hold any weight? Again, it's sort of like hard to debate that. Again, my my, my stance on it is that when I watched it. I saw the queer interpretation, but I never saw the characters as overtly, literally, like they're gay characters and they they have a romantic relationship. I never, it was never literal to me. To me, it was like, that's a subtext thing. That's an underlying thing going on. And maybe I'm subconsciously interpreting the characters as gay and not realizing that. And that's why I'm putting that on there. Um... And people are saying the characters are clearly, clearly queer coded and all that stuff. Maybe I'm, you know, interpreting it that way because of that. But to me, it was very subtext heavy. That that was where I found the queer story, not in a literal "they are gay" characters sense. But yeah, so people have critiqued people forcing this romantic relationship on these characters. But then to rebuttal that, people have said <laughs> this is most of this film discussion is about an external reaction-based thing, not the actual film itself, it seems. But that's okay. <laughs> but then other people are saying, like, um, if it's wrong 
to interpret these young characters as being in a romantic relationship, then it should be wrong to interpret a heterosexual relationship between two uh, young characters in any other film uh, and, you know, ship them. And and the comparison I've seen, and this there could be many other comparisons, but the main comparison I've seen is between this film and The Incredibles in the relationship between Violet and her love interest, Tony, in that film, saying that it's wrong for people to to force a romantic relationship upon those characters. But the difference is, is that those characters are overtly, like, romantic interests. Like, Violet has a crush on him in the beginning of the film. She's shy and she gets flustered when he approaches her. And Dash picks on Violet for having, you know, a crush on on him. And then, and then at the end of the film, uh, she she gets asked on a date by him, and she's flustered by it. She's very excited about it. And then at the beginning of the second film, it's like uh, it continues that they have, a, you know, like a romantic thing together. Like that's overt. That's very clear that they have a thing for each other. So I don't think it's the same thing. But I've seen that a lot. People saying like, oh, it's okay to make these people romantic but not Luca uh, and I forget his, the other guy's name um, but it's not the same thing in my opinion because that's over and this is very if it's there it's subtext um, but it's, there's never like a moment where it's like wow Luca has a romantic you know affixation with this other character and yeah 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 like it's it's very much feels like it's a friendship thing but again I don't know that's how I interpreted it and end of the day, the, the discussion should be accepting people's interpretations of the film and being okay with people seeing the film in different ways and responding to it because I think that's what makes films cool is that we can interpret stories uh, in different ways. And I liked Luca. I thought Luca was fun uh, and very innocent and just a nice story. Um, and I, I loved the ending as well, um, them giving up the Vespa for him to go to school and for the parents having to accept that he wants to, you know, go beyond sort of this closeted life that he lives, um, whether it's, again, you can interpret that as a queer thing, closeted, you know, <laughs> but also like, I guess, sheltered is what I, uh, is the word I should probably use for that. Um, he has a sheltered life and now he's like a, like an, he's, he's a, an oyster that's going off into the world, you know, like, Life is an oyster. Is that what people say? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Luca a lot. It's it's nice. Raya is another film I saw. I don't have any notes about this film because I, I I kind of forgot to talk about it. But I liked Raya. Um, I, I see a lot of people saying it's average and I see a lot of comparisons between this and Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, I haven't seen Avatar, The Last Bender, so I can't really say anything on that um but what i will say is that for the people that are critiquing this film and saying that it like disney has lost their ways and stuff this film genuinely feels like if it came out in the 90s during the renaissance and it was like a 2d animated film during that time this film would be helmed as a classic like mulan and then the lion king and all these films i feel like if it came out during that era this film would actually people would just like love this film be like this was great i love this film but i think yeah the main sort of issues with it is that um uh, what, what what was it i feel like the pacing is a bit weird i feel like it very quickly it doesn't build up any suspense towards uh the last dragon I forgot her name, Aquafina. <laughs> Let's call her Aquafina. It doesn't build towards Aquafina. Um, 
you know, I, I would and I would compare it most to the reveal of the genie in, in Aladdin. That was a very sort of like it was a huge temple, and then he goes in, he goes in deeper and deeper and deeper until that reveal of of the genie. It's very grand and lots of colors and lots of angles, and it's very sort of like very bombastic. In this, Raya goes into like a tiny ass little cave. I can't even remember. She goes she goes into like a tiny fucking cave, walks like 10 steps, and then something happens, and then the dragon shows up, and it's Aquafina, and she's funny, and she's just hanging around being like a goof. Um, So it just felt like very like, oh, okay, oh, the dragons are already here. It feels like it was very sort of front-loaded with lots of like exposition and, and lore about the world that they had no time to build up the sort of mystique of this dragon to the point where when it was revealed that the dragon wasn't like this cool like epic like dragon like with like like a big like imposing character it was just like a silly cartoon character that's why it might have felt a bit silly because like in Aladdin you know the genie is like a stupid silly character played by Robin Williams um but it's because of the build-up to that, you expect him to be this like maybe cool character, and then it's revealed he's like a bit of a goof. In this one, it's just like she shows up in like ten seconds, and it's like, "Hey, I'm Goofy Aquafina." Um, so maybe that was a bit sort of underwhelming for me, but um, overall, I liked it. Um, but it felt like maybe the um, the second act felt like it sort of blazed by really quick. It was super fast. Um, to the point where I was like, man, this felt like it feels like it needs to really be fleshed out. Um, it was very front heavy of, you know, exposition, exposition about the world, but it was, it wasn't like enough to sort of feel like the size of this, this place and, and feel like this is a living, breathing world where, where instead what we should have got is sort of like a very simple introduction. We didn't need to have the overt exposition of the world. Just, just throw us in, show us the conflict what's going on uh and let's jump into the second act where it's a big you know epic adventure instead of just being like jumping from place to place to place to place to place get this thing get this thing get this thing okay i've got to end the movie now go okay end it now um yeah it just felt sort of a bit fast-paced and i feel like in that sense it might have been better as a television series and i feel like maybe it might come back as a tv series because it feels like it's very appropriate for that um but yeah I liked it. That's my two animated films I've seen recently. Good job, Disney. Um, unfortunately, Disney is taking up a lot of my... <laughs> the beginning of this show before I get to, like, the main chunk I want to get to. Um, so now let's talk about uh, the next Disney thing, which is Black Widow. I was very excited um, when the Marvel logo came up, which is like stupid. It sounds stupid to say. Oh man, I was super excited when this like corporate logo came up. Um, but like genuinely, it started and like all my cynicisms completely faded away. I was like, dude, I'm in theaters watching a Marvel movie again. This this feels fun. Like I'm excited. Like the last one was. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home and I I didn't like that movie very much. I thought it was I don't know. I didn't really, I wasn't really into it. But it feels like when 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 a Marvel movie starts in theaters, even though I've seen the Marvel logo like every single week for the past like 6 months because of Disney Plus, it feels like even even with that 
case. Watching a Marvel movie in theaters and seeing the big Marvel logo pop up, it was exciting. I was like, oh, wow, we're, we're back watching movies. This is cool. Finally, it feels like so long. Um, yeah, so Black Widow. Um, this movie should have came out in 2017 and, like, no other year other than that. It, like, feels like it's so stuck in that, like, time span of, of, of where it should have been released. Like, this film did not need to be delayed this much. It felt like it was, it should have been perfectly like sitting tightly right there. You know, what, what came out in 2017? Like infinity war homecoming black Panther, somewhere in between like black Panther and stuff. The release of that. What else came out? God, so many films come out in MCU. Haven't had them in a long time. So it's like weird to think like, Oh wow. Like three came out in 2017. Um, yeah, but it would have sat perfectly then. 2016, I think, was um, was Civil War, I believe, from my memory. So this would have like been a great film to both a see where Black Widow was in between then, and also lead into Infinity War. There's no reason why this came out after. Absolutely no fucking reason why this came out after. And the fact that it did feels like they treated the characters as an afterthought. And I think that's stupid. You know, like people have wanted this for so long. It's a character you've had for, at this point, like over 10 years in your cinematic universe and you've not bothered to treat her as anything other than a side character. Um, When you've hinted at these whole things with this Red Room and like Age of Ultron and shit like that, you know, it's like they clearly want to make the character feel like she's got depth and she definitely has. Like Winter Soldier is my favorite MCU film and she's fantastic in that. She's like the perfect, like, like amount of wit and sass that she has in that film is like, is like spot on. She's like, she's she's like the other main character of that film. Um, yeah. So the fact it's been so long, it's just, is like ridiculous to me. Um, unfortunately this film is a tonal mess. It's a fucking mess, this film. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I, I didn't hate it. It was it was on par with most Marvel movies. It was like above average. It was fine. It was it was a fine action movie. Good job, guys. Um, yeah. Um, my main thing that that really made it this messy tonal uh, rubbish bin of of shit for a while um, were some of the ridiculous action scenes that happened in the film. Um, they feel so disconnected from the rest of the film. Like, you'd get these really sentimental scenes, these genuine character scenes where the characters sit around and they, they talk and these quiet moments with the characters. Um, I feel like the longest part of the film, which probably wasn't even the longest part, but the film, well, the part of the film that um, stuck out to me was the part where they're sitting at the the, the table together and they're just talking. Um, that felt like the biggest, longest chunk of the film. But again, as I say, I feel like that was probably like 10 minutes, but it felt like that was the, the, the film slowing down and feeling like it was going at the right pace and allowing these characters to develop um, because they're developing like nowhere else in the film other than here. Um, and then, yeah, you have those scenes. And then you have like scenes like where they're driving through 
a random small town in Europe. I think it was like Bud- it was a Budapest. I think it may may have been Budapest. They went back there. I can't I can't remember honestly. But it was some European town. Um, Black Widow and Florence Pugh. They're in they're in like a black SUV, like a like a BM- BMW. I think was a, it was like a B- it was a BMW this time. Apparently, Marvel's thing with Audi is, has um ran out now. They're with BMW because they're driving a BMW, but it's another black car, like a big black SUV. I don't know where they got it from. At what point of the film? I don't even remember how they got that car. They're just like in the car. And I'm like, okay, they're in they're in a black SUV now, as as most Marvel films will just randomly just have the characters. Now they now have a car, and now they're on a car chase. It felt so disconnected. I was like, at what point did this start? It was like we were, we were getting to know these characters. They were talking, and then... Suddenly, car chase, and I was like, "How the fuck did we get here?" It just happens. Um, it was ridiculous. The, the, like, I don't think I've ever laughed at something in a Marvel movie that I've not meant to laugh at, like ever. I think maybe, maybe, maybe that scene in Far From Home. Yeah, in Far From Home, the part where Peter accidentally gets a drone to kill a kid. That may have made me laugh, but I feel like that wasn't like this. I think the scene was meant to be funny, but I was laughing at how stupid it was. Yeah, I think I think I think I did laugh at that. But like I laughed like out loud in a theater to this ridiculous scene where they're in a black SUV going to this European town, and there's suddenly this big fucking black uh, military grade truck blasts through the fucking streets. And these innocent civilians that are just driving peacefully, you know, picking up some groceries, doing whatever you do in Europe. Um, and this big fucking truck just smashes through them. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This is like the stupidest shit I've seen in my life. I don't know why this hasn't happened in a Marvel movie because my favorite Marvel movie, Winter Soldier, there's a scene where where Sam Jackson is also in a black SUV and he's being chased down by by Hydra through the streets and he's smashing through civilians as well. But that felt genuinely, like, fucking tense. That is one of the most tense car chases in the entire MCU series. And it's basically the same, but I don't know what it was about this. It just felt stupid. I, don't, I can't tell you, like, what it was. But it was me. My brain just kind of, like, clicked and stopped thinking for a second. Well, no, more... more Rather, it started thinking. Um, I was like watching it, and I was like, "This is just like, imagine you're in this. You're just driving through. You're going to you get your groceries, and a big giant black fucking SUV just smashes through your car, and it's just just what? I don't know what. Like, I don't know why I found it so like ridiculous. I think it was just like the tonal whiplash." Because the film is so serious, like through like, like, like forty percent of the runtime, it's like this like really serious like subtext that's going on, um, and then it's so disconnected by these like action scenes that were probably like shot before like the script was even written, like it's like previs shit. They're like, okay, we're gonna have an action scene, so we gotta like film it, and then we'll like ride around like a like a random car chase, or like or like Hollywood has like these. Like, no, dude, I would not be surprised if fucking Hollywood have, like, 
like a like a like a little like file you can open up that has like thousands of like pre-shot car chases. That's why everything has a fucking black SUV. Oh my god! So like it's like pre-shot like action scenes or like or like car chases, and you can just like drag and drop it into your your like editing project, and then you send it off to a VFX team to like in post production you can you can add. Uh, Florence Pugh and, and and Scarlett Johansson and like add some different stuff to it. I would not honestly. I wouldn't be surprised. Nah, I feel like that discredits you know what second unit directors do in, in, in filming these action scenes. But it, it feel it feels like that. It feels so like disconnected that it feels like it's a, just a different movie going on. I don't know why. This film has like genuine fucking horrible. Um, like subtext, like not horrible that it's bad. I think the subtext was really good in this film. Like it's, it's the the opening sequence was like harrowing. It was horrible. It was like this, all these like, like young girls like basically being like human trafficked, uh, and 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 brought into this facility where they're trained to be fucking weapons. Uh, it was like hard to watch. It was like kind of like felt like I was uncomfortable watching it. It was like oh my god, like fuck, this is like dark and like horrible and there was so many things that happened in this film where i was like oh my god that was fucking dark like there's a there's a part where like the villain is on an ipad and he presses the button the kill button and and then the girl kills herself because he presses the button and it's like fuck that was horrible and then we cut to stupid action shit and then they make a joke about how the vest has pockets um (laughs) yeah Usually Marvel are really good with like uh, tonal stuff. Like they they really oftentimes like I don't I sometimes don't really like the, the comedy angle that sort of like sort of jumps back and forth between serious and, and and comedy. But they usually do a pretty good job. But in in this one, it felt like whiplash a lot of the time because I think the subject matter was so intense that jumping to even just like some standard Marvel like funnies and sillies and and action just felt like I'm like I'm watching a different movie right now it was it was so disconnected in that sense um and yeah you have this 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 like trafficking subplot that felt really interesting and really like really ballsy for them to go for and then the villain is like like a Hollywood executive fucking like Harvey Weinstein kind of guy and like he's like an abuser he's a manipulator He's like he's a he's a horrible dude. He's he's like a predator. Like it's it's so intense with the th- with with its themes that the villain isn't even like like a, like a like a like a super villain. He's just a dude that's just fucking horrible. Um, and I've I've seen so many critiques of this film. People being like, I didn't like the villain. He was so one dimensional. And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck do you want? Like, because because and I and I, disagree, I disagree with this sometimes because people always bring up this point. And I've seen this in so many reviews for this film because I've watched a couple of reviews and people are like, I don't like the villain. He's so one dimensional. You know, the best kind of villain is the villain you can understand. I'm like, do you want to understand the motivation behind him trafficking girls into being weapons? Do you want to understand? Oh, oh, you know, it was so hard for me, man. I just had to fucking steal these girls and, and, and put them make them weapons. Because my life was so hard. Of course, he's one-dimensional. That's that's what makes it good. You hate him. You want him to die. It's, it, like, why would you try and make a character like that 
have layers to him to where you can be like, wow, you know, I understand where he's coming from. You know, like, why would you want that in, in this in this film? It would not make sense at all because that's just a horrible fucking thing to do. Um, you know, someone like Thanos, that was like pushing it. I was like, this guy wants genocide and you want me to understand why he wants genocide? I was like, okay, I, can, I get it. He's still a fucking dickhead though. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of worked in that, um, that realm and like things like the Joker and stuff, how they, how they've written their characters. Like you understand where they're coming from. They're living in a society where they're not perceived as normal and they just crack, you know, they crack under the pressure. Um, but it's like, is that what you want from this horrible Hollywood exec predator? to understand where he's coming from. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, no, I hate, like, every time, like, it was so many reviews saying that he's one-dimensional and that's a flaw. And I'm like, no, sometimes villains should be one-dimensional because the, the film isn't about them. It's about the, the, the main character overcoming all odds and overthrowing this horrible fucking dickhead and blowing up, blowing him up in a fire, you know? <laughs> So I thought that was good. I thought the villain just being so one note was actually very smart for them to do. The end climax, though, this is this is this is a problem though because I've I've watched so many in like the past year. I've watched like all the Mission Impossible movies, and all of those have Ethan Hunt. He he figures out you know how to to overcome all odds. And, and take down the villain, you know? And oftentimes it's... Sometimes it's silly, but a lot of time you're like, wow, like like fucking Ethan pulled through in the end. And, and sometimes it's even like, oh my God, I didn't pick up on this thing that happened earlier in the film. Uh, and then it all clicks and everything comes together and, and Ethan works his way through it because he's learned over the film and, and he learns how to overthrow whoever the villain is. In this film, like, Black Widow, like, I, well, Natasha, she barely, like, there's no point where she's, like, piecing things together to take down the big bad. She just kind of just goes, oh, let's go get our dad that's not our dad. And then they're like, oh, we don't know, know what to do now. Let's go visit our mum that's not our mum. And then we'll talk for a bit, which I like the talking. And then they're like, okay... Let's go. Oh no no! Didn't they get taken by them? No, they no. What happens again? Then they go. Then they go to the the bad guy place. Um, and then you get to the climax, and then it's like things are happening. Things are like it's like oh like she goes to the office dressed like with the with the mask. It's like very Mission Impossible. It's got, she goes in with the mask and it's actually, is it Yelena's the character? Or is that her sister that's not her sister? Her mum that's not her mum. She's not, that's not who it is. She takes the mask off. It's actually Natasha. And then she's like revealing that like she knows everything. Like she goes to punch him. He's got pheromones that stop him. Um, and then later it cuts to a flashback where her mum that's not her mum tells her, oh, he's got pheromones. So be prepared for that. I don't know. It, it just feels like she doesn't doesn't learn through the course of the film. It's just like she got told um, by her mum that's that's not her mum in a in a cupboard, and she's like, oh, this thing. Oh, and here's this as well. Here's this piece of information, uh, and we learn through flashbacks that she knew all along, and then 
she beats the villain. Uh, and that's all. So she doesn't overcome any like huge odds that are stacked against her. She just knows. She knows what to do. She goes in the office. She's she she's been told everything. So it's it's sort of like at first I was tense, but then like as things are getting revealed, it, in a film you should you should usually be like, wow, okay, oh I didn't see that coming. Oh that thing from earlier, oh, okay they picked up on this. Or you you notice throughout the film they're growing and then and they're they're learning things about the villain that eventually lead up to the final confrontation. But in this she's not learning anything, and then she confronts the villain, and then through flashbacks it's revealed, oh she she knew because her mum told her. That's not her mum. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's not satisfying. <laughs> it, it, like, it just wasn't satisfying. And I'm like, that's a huge issue with your big action film is that them realizing and taking down the villain and, and it just isn't satisfying. You know, like why, why did that happen? Why did they not write a better climax to your, you know, spy thriller? You know, it, it should be, that should be your main priority is like having a really good, climactic hit of like wow she she fucking did it and this it's like oh her mum told her and her mum's not her mum anyway it was fine <laughs> it was fine it was whatever the the climax just doesn't feel like she she she's learned anything through the course of the film taskmaster was a thing that was interesting because i saw everyone reviewing it saying like oh they wasted this character um i thought it was good i i was genuinely shocked by this character reveal that that taskmaster uh was the daughter of the bad guy um i thought that was really smart i was like oh wow i did not expect that okay um do I feel anything beyond that? Not really. I, I just thought it was a cool little twist. Um, and it and it supported the story and the storyline. She got to actually have a chance to save her despite this character trying to kill her the whole time. But people being like, they fucking wasted Taskmaster. And I'm just like, who the fuck is Taskmaster? Like, I don't care. Like, like, like sure, maybe the character's cool in comics, but I don't care. Like, what are, what else are they going to do with the, with, with, Daft Punk. What are they going to also going to do with Daft Punk Man? I don't know. Um, like what? Like what are they going to do? Like they, they're the big reveal. They take off the mask, and it's some guy, and he's like, "I'm Taskmaster. I'm a guy," and that's all. And I put my mask back on. Like no. Like of course it's a big reveal, and it's and it's a, a twist in the film that adds to a, another layer to the story. Of course. It worked. I liked it. I thought it was really good. They didn't waste the character. Maybe maybe they did. Maybe if the character wasn't called Taskmaster, everyone would be like, wow, this is great. But the fact that, like, oh, it's Taskmaster, everyone's like, this is fucking stupid, dude. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Not everything needs to be just held to the comic standpoint. Maybe Taskmaster's a cool-ass character, but I don't know them, so I don't give a shit. So that's the end of that. Black Widow, it's fine. Anyway, um, let's talk a bit about Loki. So I have less to say about Loki. I really liked it. It felt like um, it felt like Doctor Who. If Doctor Who was good, I'm kidding. Um, I haven't seen much Doctor Who. I've seen only a couple of episodes. My, my roommate's like a big fan of Doctor Who, so I've seen what he's shown me. There's some cool episodes that I've seen though. Um, but it was really interesting. It was really cool to see this character that I kind of I I didn't really care too much about. There was a lot of sort of hype around Loki for, for forever. 
everyone loved Loki and I didn't really see it. Um, and now I like the character. I think he's really cool. And I think it was really good to see the show sort of develop him. Um, and then the show also introduced this big, uh, overwhelming, if anything, the biggest fucking threat of the entire MCU ever, which is like a guy that literally rules the entire timeline. Um, that was ridiculous, wasn't it? <laughs> um, which is like another thing that like in contrast to watching Black Widow, um, watching a show like Loki and then going to see Black Widow sort of makes you feel like, oh, this doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like, that's why Black Widow should have come out, like, back in 2017, because now it's like we're getting things that are literally shattering the entire universe. So then it's when we watch Black Widow and we go back to that, it's like, well, we watch Black Widow, obviously we're not going back to it because it came out this year, but we watch Black Widow now and we're like, well, this doesn't matter because this was put in place by some guy in a castle. But yeah, I, 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 I've seen a bit of sort of complaints about this show because of the fact that the sacred timeline is introduced. So then therefore the entire film franchise we've seen so far has been dictated by a giant overlord uh, being um, that has dictated the um, direction of the entire universe, um, which in a sense I can see. Um, I don't think I care that much about it because I guess at this point I'm only really interested in the films going forward. And honestly, for me at this point, like everything that happened before now sort of is its own thing. I kind of just feel like they're so sort of separate. Like after Endgame, I'm like, this is something entirely different. This is just like a, a new whole thing. It's the multiverse now. It's not the MCU, it's the MCM you there you go uh imagine if they do just decide yeah it's called the mcmu guys it's the multi it's the multiverse now um yeah it's um it just pushed things to like a dramatic proportion to the point where like thanos feels like nothing he's just like he's a guy that came in and was like i'm gonna kill half the universe for five years and then he dies and this one they go to the end of time to a castle where a man is controlling the entire direction of the entire timeline of the entire universe of everything ever. Um, and he's some guy and they kill him. And now the entire universe is blown into multiple universes. Um, that feels like it's like the biggest fucking thing that's ever happened in this entire series. Um, and I feel like people are not really talking about that enough because this is like like this like at this point like because what would happen before in the marvel universe is that most of the films were sort of they were connected but like they weren't like you would watch them like a movie like ant-man and they would they would they would mention tony stark and they would you would you'd see oh there's falcon and all this thing these things would happen but they'd be their own contained story you'd be watching the film and it's a beginning middle and end story about this one character and then it would come around to like infinity war and it'd be like oh shit okay we're gonna get all these characters together now and then they fight thanos yay at this point now it's like these films like and it's why black widow doesn't really work that much is because at this point all of these films feel like they just need to be connected 
in every single way. Like Spider-Man's going to have Doctor Strange and this multiverse and people are like, oh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield from the, the other Spider-Mans are going to show up and and Doctor uh, um, Strange is going to have Wanda and Loki's going to show up and and all these like crazy fucking things are going to happen. Everything's going to be connected and every, every character's going to jump in and say like, oh, we got a multiverse now, guys. So like it, it's, it's so like... You have a film like Black Widow or a film that doesn't actually connect to this multiverse thing. It's going to be like, oh, who cares? You know, like it doesn't matter. You know, there's so much bigger shit going on right now. There's this, the, the guy that, that controls the entire timeline exists uh, in other universes and he's going to kill us all. Loki's, yeah, the, 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 the ramifications of Loki, the show, has just shifted everything. And, and I honestly... I'm excited for it, but I'm like, at the same time, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not as invested in, in Marvel as I was. I, I watch everything that comes out, but if the film's bad, I don't get super shitty about it. I'll just be like, cool, it was fine, it was whatever. There's some things I hated about it. Here you go, um, but whatever, who cares? Uh, next next movie, please. Um and Loki was really good. WandaVision was was really good. I've talked about WandaVision before. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I I don't remember what happened in that show. I fucking forgot the whole thing. Um, the end was cool, I guess. Um, yeah, but Loki was really impressive and it looked visually impressive, but the ramifications of the entire universe is like so shattering that it's like, I don't know how this is going to like look moving forward because everything's been so singular timeline thing and now it's like anything's possible and it's like to the point where it's like does anything matter anymore i don't know uh we'll see how they deal with it and i hope they deal with it well end of the day mcu's really good for characters and enjoying a good movie in the theaters and having a having a good time and that's why i watch them they're a good time even if you even if you stupid things happen it's always fun to sit in a theater with a bunch of people and and Get excited for some for some fun action adventure. Hey, thanks for listening to part one of our two-parter episode. Uh, next episode is a ranking of all the Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, that's up right now. You can listen to it right now. Uh, hope you enjoy that. Um, and yeah, hope you've enjoyed this little episode here. Um, I've got to be more cautious of how many topics I have per episode because I talk a lot. Um... But yeah, let me know. Uh, if, if you like longer stuff, I'm happy to do longer episodes, but I do want to make sure I divide them up because I don't want a three-hour episode because that looks ridiculous <laughs> to me. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, Twitter, at Nelbus underscore. Uh, Instagram, at Nelbus. You can leave questions there when I do episodes. I put them on my story and you can reply and uh, we'll talk about what you have to say. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. 2077.